Welcome to Theories of Evolution, a podcast about exploring the lessons we learn on life's journeys from simply being to fully becoming. I'm your host, Shannon Stewart, and I'm excited to have you with me as we, well, talk through some stuff. Hopefully we'll have a few laughs along the way because, hey, we all know life can simultaneously be messy and funny. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Theories of Evolution. Glad you're with us. Uh, It is Sunday, October 18th, and I don't usually mention dates because a lot of times these topics don't really kind of matter from a time perspective in terms of where we are, but today I thought it was particularly relevant because tomorrow is Monday, October 19th. Funny how the dates go that way, and that happens to be the Sweet 16 meat anniversary, if you will, of uh, of my and he steals it my of my lovely husband and I having our very first date, and so I thought it would be interesting. We've been talking for a while about wanting to bring him onto the podcast since a it's because of him that I have this um, the podcast in the first place and the ability because he has one of his own and I've done a few episodes with him. So I thought it would be fun to bring him on to chat with me for one of my episodes. So welcome to my husband, Michael. All right, here we go. Welcome to see. Oh shit. That's the wrong one. And you already swore. swore. Oh my goodness. I tried to tell him that I'm trying not to say the bad words, even though I really like to say them generally, because I don't want to have to have an explicit tag. On my podcast. All bets are off now. No, no, no. I'm not putting an explicit tag on for one S-bomb. Do I have to? Yeah, we just started. <sighs> I'll be good. You try to be good. I'll try. Try I'll do, hard. I'll do my damnedest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, 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 it's both interesting. Well, so it's funny because um, on, on the CA, obviously. Which whenever, is the name of his podcast. Yeah, the Canadian Atheist. Um, which is very, very different from my podcast. <laughs> I could it. I don't know I don't if it could be more different, but so what's funny is the only time we don't swear, Dean and I, I, I don't just do by myself. I have a, a very uh, close friend, Dean, uh, who, who does it with me. Basically it's getting on to close to four years now, which is ridiculous. Um, you had been talking to me because I was watching so many things and I was listening to so many podcasts. Like you should do your own podcast. I'm like, I don't know what to do it about. Mm. And then, you know, lo and behold, um, thousands of dollars later, <laughs> thousands of dollars later, but but also, you know, I mean, one of my passions, which is uh, which is atheism, um, it just seemed natural. And I called Dean up. I'm like, I'm starting a podcast. You want in? And he's like, Sure. And the rest is history, so to speak. We've recorded 119 episodes. Uh, and anyway, so a long make, to make a long story longer. Um, I swear a lot. Uh, as anyone who actually knows me and is listening to this knows, uh, yeah, I'm bad. But when we have Christians on, which is not irregularly, uh, we abstain out of respect for uh, our guests. So, I mean, you can't even get through uh, my darling wife, who does the intro to the Canadian Atheist, um, drops the drops way worse than the S-bomb. True. In the, uh, you know, in the opening. So. And that's your podcast. Exactly. This is mine. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So I think it ironic that what we're actually going to be talking today are kind of three tips that we have, that we've developed over the many years of our relationship to kind of improve our communication. Well, that we've developed, but I mean, it was your idea. And, and I, and I've said this to many people, um, in, in work scenarios, uh, and in uh, and in private life, and I'll let you I'll let you tell the, the story of how they came to be. But I, I never try to take credit because it was your idea, and I don't know I don't know how you came up with it. Whether it was just just off the top of your head, which would not be surprising because you're and I tell people this all the time too. You're one of the smartest people I know. Um, but also, um, so that wouldn't surprise me. So I don't know whether it was your idea or whether you read it somewhere or heard it somewhere and kind of adopted it. But it's brilliant. And so now, because you take over because I feel like I'm taking over. <laughs> so this is my favorite part. So we're here today to talk about how we've worked on refining our communication <laughs> skills in our relationship. And the one thing I asked him to do is not swear, and he did that at the very beginning. So as you can tell, we're not experts. <laughs> we're not therapists. We don't have all of the answers. 
but uh, we definitely have these three little pearls, if you will, um, that have served us very well for a number, a number of years now. So we've yeah. been, we met 16 years ago tomorrow. We've been married for 14 and a bit years. Um, you know, like every couple everywhere have had our kind of ups and downs. And uh, But one of the things that we're generally pretty good at, I think, is our ability to to talk to one another. And so these three little nuggets that we're going to wing your way. Apparently I'm hungry. We're having chicken yeah. for dinner. So nuggets and wings are on the brain, even though we're just having a chicken Caesar salad. But I digress. Anyway, so yeah. So these are the three that we wanted to kind of to bring up and to see if if they could be helpful to anyone else, especially if you tend to have a personality um, or brain like mine. Um, for one of the things that we're going to talk about. And if they're helpful, fantastic. And if not, you just get another weird glimpse into kind of my life, our lives, and what things look like over here. So yeah. I'm going to dive right in. Sure. And of course, the dog just showed up, and he's wearing his collar, and he wants to get in on the conversation. So we'll take the collar off so yep. you don't make any more noise, pupper. Hey, bud. Hi. So here we go. Why don't we start with our one, two, three? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good way to kind of set the stage. So many years ago, uh, I learned very quickly in my relationship with Michael. We, we, so, so we met, uh, within two months we had moved in together and she was very forward and forceful. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Part of me. Um, so we were living together very quickly. I was, I was older. He was older. You know, we kind of got to that point where we're like, yeah, life's too short. And one of the things that I realized very, very early on is that Michael is not one of those human beings who doesn't want or need to be consulted on decisions of varying degrees, small, medium, or large. Right. So I learned very quickly to ever just assume or to just make decisions or to kind of buy something for the house and, and assume that it would be fine, that it was really important to him that we have conversations about different things along those lines. Fine. Yeah. But it was always to, and as we'll get into it, you, it, it became very obvious that, that there were degrees, uh, yeah. you know, to it. Well, and that was the challenge because as we were getting to know kind of each other and what was important to him, I knew that it was important for him to have feedback, but I didn't necessarily know. And how can you know? You, you, it's a guessing game the entire time if you don't actually ask the question, but I could never really know what was important to him and what wasn't. So we came up with the one, two, three situation when we were planning our wedding, mm-hmm. because that's one of the times when, oh my goodness, you have so many decisions to make and so many things to think about and things to take into consideration. And so if I'd had my way, I would have just gone off and done kind of what I wanted. And cause, so oh, footnote, so Foot, well, footnote, footnote. had, had, um, had she, you know, had her, had her way. Um, so let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> it was precisely what she wanted to do, which is go off and do the things she wanted to do. But it was because of how, how we got to know each other and how you got to know about the things that I actually do care about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how, I think that's how you came to, um, how you came to this, uh, this, this system of one, two, three. Yeah. I mean, I use it a lot at work. Um, so that was kind of, I kind of framed it from that, even though that was a while ago, but, and it's still something I used to this day from just a prioritizing kind of thing. So basically one, two, three, um, I would come to him with every kind of decision. So a number one was, this is something that is very important to me. Um, and a number two was, I kind of care, but, uh, I could almost use it not as a bargaining chip, but as collateral as trade if there's something else that's a two for you or the one for you maybe we can compromise in the middle and and it does sound harsh when you say bargaining chip but it really is so this is important to you this is this other thing is kind of important to me you know i will give you what you want and in turn you will give me what i want and we'll both and it it happened a few times even during the planning stages and what happened was is it was a great way to for us to both have something that was important to us and be able to move past it. And, and it didn't linger. Yeah. It was just like, okay, so we both got what we wanted. Okay, next. So yeah, so one, very important to me. Two, it's slightly important, but I can, we, let's talk. And three was, I don't give a bleep. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't care. I, I don't care that much. Um, and so the rule was, not everything could be a one. 
because that's really not going to be a way for you to actually get around anything. If everything's a one, then there's no point in scoring anything at all. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of went from there. So I would come up to him and be like, okay, I'm looking at napkins for, yeah. so <laughs> I'm like, these are the pink and the green napkin colors that I want for the reception. What do you think? And so this is where, and it was funny because, and this is in, in the, again, in the getting to know each other, um, it was important that, that you came to me mm-hmm. and that we had these discussions. Yeah. But when, so one of the things Shannon said first was, I want the, co- yeah, I want my colors to be pink and green. And I'm like, that's a 19. <laughs> like I, so I don't care at all. And so when, when she came to me about the, the napkins and the tablecloths and stuff like that, she was like, so these are the different styles of napkins and all this other stuff. I'm like, um, that's like a 27. I'm going, it's going to go on my lap. I'm going to stand up and forget about it. It's going to fall on the ground. I'm going to step on it. I do, I could not care any less what color it is. And so, I mean, that was perfect for me because I still asked him the question. I got the input and then we just moved on and I never had to second guess whether he was telling me what he really thought or because I never have to second guess when it comes to Michael. If you happen to know him, he doesn't mince words and he always does let you know what's on his mind. So there's that. It's a character flaw. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, but that was always a really helpful thing. And then we could just move on to the next one. If he said it was a 17, then I was like, great, I can do what I want and it doesn't matter. But now by contrast, talk about the ties. Right. So when we were talking about the other um, different things, when we were looking at tuxedos, uh, the plan was to have just the men in standard black suits, not tuxedos, sorry, in a standard black suit. And I asked him if he would consider wearing a silver tie while his groomsmen wore black ties because I like silver. And anyway, so I asked him what he thought about that. And I wasn't expecting kind of any pushback in return. I didn't think it would be something he'd care about. And his response was, nope, I'm not wearing that. I want a black tie. That's a one. Yeah. And I think that was my only one for the whole wedding. Yep, it might have been. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, I I wasn't so passionate. It wasn't the hill I was going to die on. I mean, it was what he had to wear. Yeah. And as much as I would have liked the silver tie, the black was fine as well and because it mattered so much to him. And and we still ended up compromising a bit. I, I wore black and the other guys wore silver. Did they? Yep. Really? Yep. Pretty sure. I think they all were. I think you all wore black. Oh, okay, then I'm wrong. That's how meaningful it was. Yeah, that's at least how me- you didn't have yeah. to wear black. Yeah, that's, that's how- or silver, yeah. I should say. Yeah, that's how meaningful our, our wedding was. Yeah. yeah, our wedding was a blip. Hey, I'm still pissy over the fact that oh, we, we I go. didn't get to try our the hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what happens. You know, when you get married and you have to take all the pictures afterwards, and so well, everyone else at your wedding is having hors d'oeuvres and doing all of those fun things, and uh, you're off getting pictures taken. Yeah, he was really mad that we didn't get the hors d'oeuvres. We're not going to talk about pelican we're not catering. Talk about the, we're not going to talk about the fact that they left our cake out. We had an outdoor wedding. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you wanted story. this to stay clean, right? Yes, I know. Don't say bad words. <laughs> yeah. Pelican. Anyway, Pelican's a four letter word. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our, our one, two, three. And that, that's really actually kind of held us in good stead for everything. Um, especially since we, when we had our flood, um, our, Second floor toilet went last summer and flooded pretty much the entire house. And so we had to do a lot of repairs and had to make a lot of decisions about changing things up and changing flooring. We didn't just do kind of straight replacements. And so there was a lot of looking at different pieces of furniture and floor coverings and all of these things. And so, you know, it continues to hold us in good stead, the one, two, three scenarios we go through things i will say the vast majority of the time you come up with the 19s and 22s and yeah. like because you literally don't give a single f yep. about whatever it is i'm talking about um and it's funny though because once or twice and i really say that in the number of years i've made decisions about things either because you haven't been there to consult or like i was at a store or something and i grabbed something a i always keep the receipt but b i kind <laughs> of hope for the best and uh I'm always kind of surprised at how you reply and usually like everything's gone fine. We haven't had to take anything back, but it is amazing how ingrained it's become now that when I'm making any of these kinds of decisions, how important it is for me to include you in the process, which I think is, you know, is reasonable and, and human nature and how you have a partnership and how you work together as a team and as a couple. And, and that's, that's a mouthful, right? Partnership. Yeah. Um, because that's what we strive, um, in, in all aspects uh, of our, of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and the, and the one, two, three really has worked out everything from dinner 
yeah. you know, to, you know, so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you'll do sometimes is instead of asking me one, two, three, is if you're out somewhere, you'll be like, I'm thinking of X for whatever, like whether it's an accent pillow or whatever, and you'll send me a picture. And And sometimes I'm like, well, I don't hate it. Well, that's usually (laughs) my question. Do you hate this? Because like usually if he, if he hates it, then I'm like, okay, that's, that's not going to happen. But usually if it's anything less than hate, we can swing it. Yeah. (laughs) Because then it turns into, is this, and, and it's interesting because it's not, um, it's not about giving in and it isn't even so much about, well, I think what it is about when it comes right down to it is you don't pick something unless you already really like it. And so if I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, she wouldn't have sent me this picture or asked me about this thing if she didn't already have... Desire uh, to acquire. Exactly. (laughs) At least a pretty strong feeling about whatever it is. So then it becomes, while I look at it, I'd be like, well... It doesn't, doesn't matter much to me. Mm. So it's an easy way. Like it's an easy, and this will say, and I, I say this tongue in cheek, but it's an easy win for me to kind of make you happy by saying, sure, whatever, if you like it. Yeah. You know, it it's easy for me because I can look at it and say, well, you know, because half the time it's, I don't even pay that much attention, you know, to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you, there's a couple of pillow covers you have downstairs and I kind of glance at them as I walk by, but it's, but it's inconsequential. Right. And so if you really like it. But what is consequential is that you are consulted in part of the process. Yeah. That's more important a lot of times in the outcome. Because. And I mean, everybody's different. Maybe other people in other relationships don't care as deeply about this. There may be one person who's like, this is what I want and I'm getting it anyway. Like I realize that, you know, not everyone is going to have the same kind of dynamics that we do in terms of how we're consulting on these things. But if you do, if you kind of tilt in that direction, um, the one, two, three system really, really has served us well over these many years. Yeah. And I think it's, I think you, and I have no problem saying this. Um, you should give a damn about Mm -hmm. what your partner, you know, is, you know, is going to think about something, Mm -hmm. you know, now when it comes to, you know, like we've done it where you, you've been out clothing shopping and stuff like that. And you'll ask me my opinion and I'll, and I'll give it to you. Um, but if you love whatever it is, you get it anyway. Yeah. It's not going on my back. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Um, but you should, you, but you should give a damn mm-hmm. about this thing that's going to be in a place where you both live. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, that's our, our, um, tidbit number one. Yeah. One, two, three. Yep. Try it out sometime. <laughs> See if it works for you. I, I can't tell you, or no, well, I can't tell everyone who's listening to this <laughs> because I have told you mm-hmm. how many times I've used it, right? How I talk about it all the time, yeah. And and responses vary mm-hmm. depending on, um, you know, depending on very much who you know who the, who's on the receiving end of it, because I have no problem saying that um, there are some. Neanderthals who walk around calling themselves men, um, and kind of don't care, you know, they, you know, beat their chest and, and all that other stuff. And that's not who, it's not who I am. Mm. I'll say, well, you know, and I'll explain it all to them. They kind of look at me almost like you do that. Uh, and it's like, yeah, I do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll kind of joking, not joking, say, cause I care. Yeah. And I censored myself there too. <laughs> I'm doing remarkably well. You are, except for the first 30 seconds. But me, you know, me, 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 me. Yeah. Next. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is what we call reset. Very important. <laughs> Very important. Especially now, when on you mess the up. rare, rare, rare <laughs> occasion, he's laughing already, when I, or he for that matter, get kind of grumpy. Well, you know, when you have those experiences where you're with your partner or with your friend or whatever, you can be with anyone, but in particular, your significant other, and you've just gotten a weird email, someone has left you a crappy comment on Instagram, you got a work email from someone that was passive aggressive, you know, one of those things that's just enough to set you off a little bit, not to drive you into a crying fit or to be throwing plates across the room or anything along those lines, but just enough to kind of take you that one tick off of 
in a, you know, kind of a congenial space. And it's enough to make you crabby or grumpy. And when you're surrounded by, oh, I don't know, the person you live with, uh, chances are good that they're the ones who kind of bear the brunt of that. And yeah, sure. It's, it, well, it's collateral damage. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you are like me slash us, but when one of us is in those moods, actually when one of us is in any moods, we, we kind of say that we take our cues from one another a yep. lot. Um, and that if he's grumpy and if he's snapping at me, I'm more likely to snap back and get grumpy as well or, or vice versa because you're, the mood of your partner can really impact positively or negatively your mood. And I have, no, and there, I mean, no delusions. Like I have no delusions of grandeur. I am much more, generally speaking, mm-hmm. I am much more likely to be irritable than you are. Oh, I thought you were going to be much more likely to be irritable than like happy or content. <laughs> I was going to say, no. oh, wow. Yeah, no, you are, you are quicker. Your fuse is a little shorter than mine is. And, and so we're, so we have to talk about how that oh, works, oh, right? Here we go. Because there's two different, because there's two different dynamics here because, um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of you who are listening to this may not have even experienced Shannon when she's mad. Um, she is, she describes herself as, as magnesium. So she, you know, she lights up, she burns hot and fast and then, you know, and then she's (laughs) done and then she's done. I am Mount St. Helens. Um, I start out with a little grumble and I take a long time, but when I blow, so does half the countryside. (laughs) And, and it's, it's important it's important to talk, to talk about this dynamic because, and in another way of getting to know, you know, how your partners and how they, how they react to things and to try to be supportive and understanding that not everybody's going to be the same as you are. There have been uh, along this learning curve because we didn't start out as uh, relationship, ex- relationship experts. Uh, <laughs> we just play them on TV. Um, but because Shannon will burn white hot fast and be over it, for a long time, I would still be upset. And she'd be looking and be like, Are, aren't we done? Are, aren't we over this? Aren't we moving on? Or I would want to talk about it right then in that moment. Yeah. Whatever it was that would happen. Yeah. I'd be like, we need to talk about this. Yeah. And I need to brood. You need to bubble. Yeah. I need to, uh, I need to overthink it. <laughs> you know, I, and, and, and all of those, all those, you know, stereotypical um, things. And so... <laughs> on more than one occasion, um, I would be, I would still be, and uh, I don't know, just to pick words, they're not, um, they don't really mean much, but I would be at the point where I would still be seething uh, about something and Shannon is ready to talk about it and I'm not. And beca- and, and it's, it, it is only out of her desire to get back to a good place where we're both okay and happy and, and enjoying our lives and enjoying each other that she wants to g- get to this point, yep. but I, I can't be there yet. And so, uh, and anyone who does know Shannon knows that she can be, um, forceful is the wrong word. She can be assertive uh, with her desires. And so she would want to push the issue. And so I, I remember one time <laughs> when, when it was like, okay, I want to talk about this. And I, I basically looked at her and I'm like, okay, you want to talk? Let's talk. And I was quite literally, I was Jack Torrance in The Shining. Uh, and I'd stuck my head through the door and I'm like, okay, let's talk. And, and I was like, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and there was a mushroom cloud and, uh, and yeah, but we're still here. So, hey. <laughs> uh, sorry, so in order to prevent us from kind of getting to those points, let's say, uh, reset is for kind of those moments when you've just started snipping. At your partner. And what do you mean? Why did you put this here? Did you put this? Did you move my this? Whatever. I mean, everybody's going to have different things. But I find for us, it happens with spectacular frequency if we're about to leave the house for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just, you know, if there's a rush to get things done or whatever. I'll read an email from work and it'll set me off. And um, and and sometimes I have the the wherewithal and the presence of mind to say to him, look, I just... This just happened. I got an email. Sorry in advance if I'm a little kind of crusty or cranky. I'm working through it. Everything's going to be fine, but I just need to kind of process for a second. And then he knows, all right, yeah, it's it, not me. It's not us. It is, it's not, it's not a thing. Yeah. It's just, you know, kind of what's going on. Yeah. 
Um, but sometimes I don't say anything or sometimes it comes from him. And so, you know, we kind of get to that moment where it's, it's ratcheting up and ratcheting up and we're kind of snipping at each other. And, yeah. and so we send in the bomb disposal unit, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, or disposal, but you know, the, the bomb diffuser is, mm-hmm. is the better, is a better term. Mm-hmm. And that's when reset comes in yep. where we basically, we stop and we look at each other and it's, and it's always initiated by, by one of us. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to, when we need to reset and that is basically everything gets taken back down to the base level and we, you know, we, we do our best to let go of what now, and you also put in a caveat mm-hmm. is that you can't reset. You can't reset in the middle of an argument. Like it doesn't work that way. You have to work through whatever you have to work through whatever it is. And it is like typically the reset only works when one or the other people is cranky that has something doesn't have anything to do with the other person because then you're going to need to have a conversation and talk it through or whatever, or you fester or you go away or you do whatever it is that you do when you kind of work through those things um, with your partner. But for us, reset works best when it's not one of us that's caused the underlying issue that's made the cranky, but if we keep going, we're going to have an issue, yeah, exactly. right? So, because then it does become the interactions between us that become problematic. So, um, you know, if we get to that point where, you know, why are you being so cranky or why are you talking to me like that? Or don't talk to me like that, or you shouldn't be saying that or whatever it might be. Yeah. And we'll just kind of take a deep breath and look at each other and reset and, because we know we're going off to do something or, mm-hmm. you know, we have the rest of the day and I don't want to be crabby or cranky and I don't want him to be either. And so you're trying to kind of pull back the reins before it gets any worse. And so we just kind of take a moment. Um, we have also learned that um, even jokingly, it is not wise to say, oh, I'll reset if you'll just stop being such a jerk. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone has been known to say that a couple of times. I like you. It me um, or him. But yeah. yeah, I mean, no. and then it kind of makes you laugh and, and whatever, but it is a really good way to literally just get back to neutral. But there's careful timing involved in that too, right? Like, because, you know, like we can, we can read each other's body language and facial expressions. Mm-hmm. So we know that it's okay to say, well, you know, we wouldn't have this problem if you were nicer to me. Yeah. And, and we know when we can say that and when that's not a good idea. Yeah. Right. Usually you get a pinch if it's not a good idea. Exactly. Generally in a not so nice right. place. And I hit her somewhere where the scars don't show. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> of course that's not true yes but um mm. yeah so it's but it and it also works very well because like like shannon said when we're because having a you know what a lot of times can be something petty and and again you know i have to go back and throw that caveat in mm-hmm. it can't be you can't reset if there's something that's actually serious yeah or that like, you need like, to talk through or that, that if happened. someone needs to apologize or you know those kind of things but, but when it's something that's truly either petty or something that is because well, let's face it we all know uh you know we can lie to each other uh but we can't lie to ourselves so you take that little bit of an introspective look and you realize yeah you know what i'm kind of being a jerk about this and it's when that happens that you have the ability to to have that reset and it has served us incredibly well to to save us from you know you know time is time is precious right we all have a finite amount of time and so when you're trying to spend some quality time with a person that you love you you don't want that to get ruined by something that could have been solved in four minutes just by kind of taking a deep breath you know doing the you know quote-unquote reset you know having you know a little you know hug and a kiss and then getting on with the rest of your day and saving that very precious time when, you know, otherwise you're just sitting in the car like, and you're talking exactly. to yourself and you're, and things are rationing up. And then there's a, and then you get over to your friend's house and it's like, how's everything? Everything's perfect. <laughs> I hate him. He's been such a jerk. Yeah. But I mean, so those are the kind of the critical things on the reset, right? That it has to be um, something that isn't kind of intrinsic to conversations or challenges that you're having in the moment with each other. Those need to be worked through or else the reset doesn't work. We literally just say the word reset. It, there doesn't have to be anything. Cause sometimes if you're the one who's trying to reset because you acknowledge that you're being a bit of a snippy jackass because of X, Y, or Z, sometimes it just takes that moment to just say reset and you know, then we just kind of both agree. And to the other it person and, just takes a breath and says, yeah, yeah, of course this is silly. Yeah. And, 
And then you really do have to reset. And sometimes we've had conversations where one of us will say reset and I'll be like, actually, I need to kind of talk through this for a second. Mm -hmm. And then we, we kind of get to the end of it and, and come through kind of unscathed. But yeah, you can't, once you agree to the reset, you can't carry it with you. Yeah. That's the other little caveat piece. Yep. So those are our first two so far. Yep. Like Alanis Morissette said, the only way out is through. through. Yep. So those are, that's one or two. So the one, two, three and reset. And then our third one, this one was born out of uh, some really hard fought battles to kind of get to a place where I, because this is all, this one's all on me, came to some self-actualization, some self-realizations that my reactions to things that Michael would say were the complete opposite of helpful (laughs) in the moment. So if you're like me, uh, first, I'm sorry, but if you're like me and you have a tendency to be the problem solver in your world, uh, at work, at home, at anywhere, if you, you see a problem, someone tells you about something, you are there with a solution, right? And that's me. That is me in a nutshell. I am 100% all the time in problem-solving mode. And I'm always thinking three steps ahead about what are the next ways that we could address something with things as benign as, you know, someone dropped a can in the grocery store. Like literally, um, yesterday we were leaving the mall and I saw a ring on the ground. And so I actually picked it up and it because in my head I was like, I'm going to look at this ring and if there's a mark on the inside of the ring that shows that it's like actually real or valuable, I'll take it inside to get services. But if not, I'll leave it here in the space. So it's not going to get stuck. Like literally I saw a ring on the ground and I'm already kind of solved, trying to solve some random stranger's problem who may be looking for this ring. Okay. Like that's how my brain operates. I was just going to kick in the sewer. He didn't even see it. He walked right past it. He was ahead of me and didn't even see it. So this came out of, um, a time and place back many, many, many years ago. So Michael has a child from his first relationship. And so uh, we would get into conversations about some challenges, let's say, that he was having um, with, you know, with his daughter or with his daughter's mother. And, And so as you do as a partner, he's telling me about what's going on. Right. And he's upset sometimes or he's mad or he's frustrated. And so he's telling me what's going on. And I would jump in with the solution. Yeah. I was there ready to, this is what you should do. You need to say this and you need to call this person and you need to write this down or you need to do this. And why did, and boy, that was the wrong thing. So, (laughs) so, um, you don't mind if I, yeah, I know. So this, needless uh, to say, it drove him crazy. um, Yeah. So, so point number three is a thing we call vent or solve. Mm-hmm. And this is much, this is much more, um, in, in, in one way, in, in the solve part of it, uh, it's fair to say that it's mostly about Shannon mm-hmm. and in the vent side, it's mostly about me because there are times when, and, and it's funny because I, you know, it's not something that I allow to, um, brood, uh, w- within me. Sometimes those things are unavoidable. Everyone has things that they, you know, kind of sit in their in their head, and they're maybe on the back burner, but they're but they're they're there, and the things you have to work through, and it may take a lot of time to get there. But, and just to tell a little story to give a little bit of back story to this, um, my dad, he had, he had the uncanny inability to to talk about his feelings in any way, shape, or form. Probably one of the reasons why he had a heart attack when he was 40 years old. Uh, the alcohol abuse and smoking and stuff didn't help, I'm sure. But uh, he had no ability to talk about his feelings and stuff like that. And I learned, um, there's, that, um, there's that term, you know, uh, you look, you see someone uh, as either a role model or a cautionary tale. And I looked at my dad as a cautionary tale. He was the blueprint for exactly what I didn't want to do. And so I learned how to get it out. And that was by venting. And it was, it was just the desire. It was my way of getting through this thing. I wasn't interested 
at all any way, shape, form, or function of a solution. I wanted to be mad and I wanted to get it out. I just wanted, I, I didn't, I didn't want a, a sounding board. I wanted a punching bag verbally, so to speak. I wanted someone to just be the, be the ears to listen to what it was that I was saying and kind of, you know, nod and stuff like that and nothing more. And so we, Shannon wasn't exaggerating when she said that it, that this was something that came about as a, as a result of not an, I want turmoil sounds rough, but it was, it was a, it was a rough patch for us because we didn't, we didn't understand. We didn't understand these dynamics about each other at that point. Well, and it's especially tough too, when you're dealing with something that's so emotionally fraught and yeah. I mean, in this situation, as anyone who has been with someone who has a, a child with a previous partner, um, whether things have ended well or not, there is often going to be kind of the back and forth and the push pull and the frustration, etc. Um, and if you are the partner in that situation, the new, for lack of a better word, the new partner, you don't really have a a role or an active role anyway. You're kind of part of the wider circle, but you're not one of the players. You're not even like kind of background extras. You're just, you're in the picture, but you have no speaking role. You have no, no presence, no part really to play other than just watching everything unfold before you. And for me, oof, that's tough, especially that's tough. when I had all of the answers. <laughs> I, yeah. I really knew like, this is what you should do. Yeah. And I you had, thought no, you had all the right I answers. Had no power to affect any change whatsoever. Yeah. So that was born out of my own frustration with yeah. not being able to do anything about anything. So I was like, well, this is what you should do. Yeah. And I and realized when he would talk about these things, and again, most of the time it would be in a car, we'd be driving somewhere, and he'd be telling me something, and I would jump right to it, and his whole demeanor would change. Like, yes, he was, he was frustrated and telling me about everything else, but then he would get really quiet. And I think that was some, the Mount St. Helens was kind of bubbling up because I wasn't helping him at all. I was adding to the frustration and anger and everything that he felt. And when I realized that I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. It's a complete opposite of what my intention was. That was never your desire. Your no. desire. It like, I am absolutely certain that in your desire to solve was equal, well, well equal parts desire to solve and equal parts help. Cause you well, yeah, because if you solve a problem, the problem is gone and everyone is helped. You always came, <laughs> you always came to it from a good place. Mm -hmm. There was never any malice or anything like that. No. And so it was, it, it was just a lack of understanding mm -hmm. in how I worked and how, because in your mind, we're like, well, if you just do this, yeah. then, it, then it's just done. Right. And in my head, you know, insert <laughs> string of expletives. Yeah. Not interested. Right. Especially in that moment when you're still kind of raw and processing everything. Yeah. So, I mean, finally, once in the car, he actually kind of, I'm blowing up is too strong, but he, he, he said, you know, he's like, look, all I want to do when I'm doing this, I just want to tell you these things and I want to vent about it. Like, I don't need you to sit here and like try to fix everything instantaneously. I'm still trying to process everything. And yeah. I haven't even had a chance to think about what I should do next. I haven't had a chance to come out of whatever emotion I'm dealing with, like just, you know, chill for a bit. And so I was like, that's a very valid point. And I felt very sheepish. And I felt badly because, you know, who wants to be the one who's actually adding to your partner's distress, especially if you didn't have anything to do with it in the first place. So mm. um, that's where, like in that moment, I was like, okay, how about from here on out when these things come out and you, uh, and it's clear, you know, it's clear when someone is venting to you, you, you their mannerisms, their choice of language, the tone of voice, the volume of voice per se, <laughs> potentially, um, any of those sort of things. You can tell when someone, especially because if it doesn't have anything to do with you, then mm -hmm. <laughs> chances are they're venting at you. Um, and so, so I said, how about, you know, next time something like this happens, I simply just take a breath when you're finished talking and ask you, okay, vent or solve. And then you can just tell me which one you want. Yeah. And you went 99 times out of a hundred it's vent because that's the point. Um, and then, you know, again, 99 times out of a hundred, once a couple of minutes go by and I just. And I respond with, you know what, you know, that absolutely sucks. I would be mad too. you know, just kind of those echoing normal human responses you would give to someone when they are venting and your reply is to kind of 
take your job is to take what they've given you and be empathetic to the person you care about. Um, and then a little bit later, so like once the venting was done, he would you know, kind of pause for a bit and then he'd be like, okay, now let's think this through. Do you have thoughts about yeah, because, the self-peace? Yeah, the, the vent almost, almost always, unless it was something that I, that I needed to do, that it was something that, that it was, it was mine and that I, I was going to do it by myself or at least sans you. Right. Um, then the vent almost inevitably led to solve. Right. And it didn't lead to solve because it didn't lead to solve because you had all the answers because sometimes the things you suggest, I'm like, I ain't doing that. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. But, but there were times, but the reason I asked you was because I genuinely valued your opinion. Right. And because you're, because you have the, the, in some of the instances you could look at it, you could take an objective look and say, and because there were times you were also, you would also be critical. You'd say, well, you know, if you thought about this and there were times would be like, man, I was actually, I could have been better in this too, in this little way. And, but you would, you would be able to offer, you know, an objective opinion. And because you're smart, you could offer me solutions that might work. And, and like I said before, what I said, you know, sometimes didn't, didn't do it because it wasn't what I wanted to do. And you, I'm sure you hated every time that I, that I, that I didn't do what you suggested, <laughs> but you, but you always accepted it. You're like, not my thing. Yeah. So, you know, because I guess one of the things we'd say, we should say is that there are times when, when I will, when I'll do something and you look at me like, you are being, you are not being productive. You are actually being counterproductive yeah. and stuff like that. But in if my, you'd only do it this way, you'd actually get what you want. Right. But sometimes, um, my animal brain doesn't work like that because yeah. I actually want to do this thing mm-hmm. because my solution, what I see as a solution isn't the same as what you see as the solution. Right. And that's, and it's just, it's just different. And it's a difference between us. It's a difference between your reptile brain. Yeah. And my positive solutions and outcome yeah. brain. And you don't like it. <laughs> no. And you don't like it, but you, but you accept it. Sure. Yeah. Because well, I had no choice. It, precisely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There are times. And so, but, but it's really, really, but, and the whole venture solve thing um, has been, I, I don't, I was about to say, transformative, but I don't really think so. I think, I don't know that, I don't know that any of them stand out from the other because, you know, the one, two, three, the reset and the venture solve, they really are pillars Mm -hmm. in, you know, in how we communicate with each other, how we, um, deal with, you know, how we quote unquote deal with each other. And, Everything and whether it be from internal or external sources. Right. So it really has become this. Well, I guess pillars is maybe part of our communication or interaction styles. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, we need to use Ventrasolve a lot less now because you know many of those. Your daughter's twenty three, so a lot of those situations have resolved themselves. A lot of the big problems. I I just I I killed all the people. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, and, and again, and again, of course, yeah. kidding. I just I eliminated the problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, but a, a big part of that is the fact that she's twenty three. Yeah, and so we've got and so, and, a and that, in some but... cases, it ain't even my decision anymore. Yeah, she can do what she wants. Well, there's that because she can. Yeah. So, but I mean, that used to, and again, anyone who's kind of been in this situation, you know kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about and kind of how it feels and how it can be so frustrating and, um, and how powerless it can feel to be the person who wants to solve all the problems, but have no capacity to actually do so. But we still do use it from time to time. Um, and it's interesting because the shoes kind of been on the other foot uh, a few times. So, and now I really understand what it means. So if I'm venting about something and then he jumps in and says, well, have you thought about this? Like whoosh magnesium. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what it feels like. And so now I have to turn to him and be like, okay, this is a vent moment and not a solve moment. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'm already 12 steps ahead in terms of where I should go. I just need to kind of release the steam. Yeah. I need to, to turn the vent section on my instant pot. And it was... And it was a big deal for me to realize that because it is fairly recent for you where you've had to do, you know, these, these venting things as opposed to, to solve. And it was, as soon as you said vent, 
I was like, that makes total sense. Yeah. And I just shut up. Yeah, and I mean, it's different now, right? I mean, I, you are the person that I can vent to. So if it's something work-related, I mean, as the CEO of the organization, I can't, I shouldn't, can't, and shouldn't be venting to my own staff about <laughs> staff issues. And, I'd you say know, they frown on that. That sort yeah. of thing, right? So, I mean, I, I from a kind of a, a psychological safety, from a professional kind of reliability place, it makes more sense that when there are those kinds of things that I find super frustrating, uh, and thankfully they don't happen that often, just putting that out there, but, um, I mean, you're the one who kind of gets the, the brunt of that, and... Mm-hmm. Um, as we operate in kind of different worlds in terms of kind of what we do on the daily, sometimes you will kind of jump in with, with solutions. And it, it has been interesting for the shoe to be on the other foot. I always value your input, absolutely. Yeah. But when I'm at a point where I'm kind of ready for it. So yeah, I totally and, get and, it now. <laughs> yeah, and, and the reality is is that is that from my um, from my work perspective, and I'm not going to talk about work on here, just like I don't talk about work uh, on, on my own podcast because I, I enjoy that uh, anonymity. Um, there are times when, and I've had to realize this because, it, because from, from my professional life to your professional life, mm-hmm. I, I can have a more simplistic answer than you can have. Mm-hmm. Like, well, this will work. Yeah. But then when you transplant, it's like, no, it doesn't work. No. Um, and it's fine. But also just to go back, cause you said the brunt, um, and brunt makes it sound harsh. Because I don't think either one of us has ever looked at it as like, oh, this is this this burden that that I have to carry. Because it is, you know, it's it sounds, you know, kind of fluffy to say it's part of the job, but it is kind of part of the job, right? It's it's part of the job when you have your, you know, when you're with your partner to be that support system for them and sounding board and safe place, right? right. And, and so sometimes you can say things to your partner that you would never say to anybody else. Yeah, like uh, no, I'm not gonna say, that. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, but but those things like that's that is it is part of the job, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have to be able to say, okay, yeah, you know, you can unload on me, and it's right. cool. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. Those are our, our three uh, three tips. So the the one two three from a ranking of whether I care about this or not, the reset button, which is always super helpful, especially if there's something that is kind of extrinsic to your conversation, is not about the two of you in particular. And then vent or solve, if, especially if you happen to be the person who wants to jump in. Um, it can really help uh, diffuse the situation and give your partner what they need in that moment, as opposed to adding to whatever it is they're trying to process. So yeah, that's it for, for us for today. I hope in some way you might find these helpful if you just found this like to be a complete giggle and think that this is something that would never work for you. Totally cool. Hope you found some gem or at least something to kind of laugh at over the past little while. I'll be curious if you do have a chance to give these a try and it actually works. I would love to hear about it. Or, know, get, or, or feedback in the, yeah. or what works for you. Absolutely. Because there's, was, there's probably a bunch of people finish. say like, you see that? Yeah. he didn't even let me finish. Yeah, I didn't let you finish. Jumped, jumped all over you. <laughs> That's right. My studio. Yeah. Um, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. <we> hit that point. <laughs> but no, but it's because I think it would be interesting to hear just what other people have come up with. Yeah. Because there's, it is not possible that other couples don't have their own things. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're always, we're always open to new couple ideas new couple no not new couples we're always open to new um i don't play well with others no new pieces that we could kind of integrate into this because we've seen firsthand how transformative either uh, like all of these can be on their own so that was my other thing so some feedback in terms of if you do decide to put these into practice and they have some use for you we'd love to hear kind of how that goes but if you have other uh tips and tricks that you use your your nuggets as you will we'd uh, love to hear those as well so reach out to us on any of the socials um you'll hear on the outro exactly how to find us but um i guess that's it i guess it's time to go make dinner yeah it is time for you to make dinner (laughs) um no but uh uh and and, yeah maybe we'll have to have to do another episode on how we um kind of load split yeah potentially things Mm -hmm. because i think we do it i almost said it again i think we i almost dropped another one i know uh reasonably well we do that reasonably well i think we do it very well actually Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think we do it very well from a operational perspective household operating the household yeah and we're just two people <laughs> yeah and a dog yeah so but, and four snakes and four snakes i know yeah did you know that i think i've mentioned that 
Yeah. I'm surrounded by snakes yep. in the studio right now. Anyway, I digress. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for I joining gotta me, drop love. I got a plug. Well, uh, yeah. I don't, you have to drop a what? A plug. <laughs> for your own podcast? What would you think I said? I wasn't sure. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so if anybody, I know that uh, Shannon's audience is going to be drastically uh, different uh, than ours mm-hmm. on the Canadian Atheist. But um, if you if you are at all interested, um, just a quick thing, 99.9% of the episodes are NSFW and also not safe for children's, they're not safe for some adults' ears. Hmm. Uh, let's be reasonable. But, uh, but if there are uh, any of you out there who are uh, faithful, who are uh, believers, regardless of uh, whatever faith tradition that is, and you'd like to have a chat with uh, a foul-mouthed uh, Canadian atheist and his reasonable friend, <laughs> then you can, um, you can email us at thecarogers.com or uh, find us on Facebook uh, as well. And i uh, love to have that conversation. Um, so, yeah, shameless plug over. Yeah, I was going to say, that was still there would be no ad breaks, but there you yeah. go. Well, yes, well. yes. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, babe, for joining me. You're welcome, my love. It's nice to actually be able to have you return the favor for the times I've been on yours. Mm-hmm. So at this rate, I get two more, right? Maybe. Two, uh, th- three more. We'll How see. many times have you been? I don't know. I don't remember. I can't, you never asked me to do your intro. You're right. <laughs> You're right. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> and here we hey, are. Hey, people. <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah. A couple F-bombs. Anyway, we digress. It's time yeah. to go. I'm hungry. The dog needs to be fed. Yep. And there are things to do. And so we will let the people who may be listening get back to their things as well. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. Love to hear your feedback. Hope you found this useful in some way, shape, or form. And we'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Theories of Evolution. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Check out the show notes for resources that may be of interest. And I'd love it if you could drop a review on your podcatcher of choice. There's always more to say and so much more evolving to do. So if you have ideas for future episodes or would like to join me to share your own theories, reach out. Email me at evolutionpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on the socials. Evolution Podcast on Insta, at Evolution Pod on Twitter, or Theories of Evolution on Facebook. And don't forget that's Shan, S-H-A-N, because I simply find it impossible to resist a good play on words. That's all for now. May we both be a few steps further ahead next time we connect. From today to tomorrow, never stop evolving. <laughs>